If you have a Bible, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter four. I'm gonna start a, I'm gonna start a series of talks today on uh, relationships. And uh, I'm gonna talk specifically about the power of relational alignment. I believe that relationships are more than just uh, connections that we have, like buddies and pals and all that stuff is fun. You know, your golfing buddies, your, you know, the people that you have you know, football with in common, all of that, that's important. But I believe that God has designed relationships to really, uh, to really bring strength to us in a, in a sense that's more than just, all oh, we play golf together, all oh, we, you know, we, we root for the same team, all oh, we hang out, all oh, we go here to get, more than that, but something that's connected. It's a partnership, it's an alignment that makes us more powerful. One can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. There's power in our alignment. And I wanna to talk to you about how important that is. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine, it says this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A three-cord strand is not quickly broken. Power of agreement, power of alignment, power of relationship. It's so important. So much in the kingdom is about relationship. You read through some of the most monotonous portions of the Bible and boring portions of the Bible. What are their lineage, their history? And it's, it's not about being born in the right family. It's about being in the right position. It's not about being born in the perfect family. It's about being born in the right position, in the right place. You were born for such a time as this. And not only does God have a place for you, but God has people for you that are going to bring so much strength to your life. And I believe that we should look at our relationships differently than we do. In life, isn't it amazing that there aren't many things you get to choose in life? You didn't get to choose the family that you were born in. You didn't get to choose the color of your skin. You didn't get to choose how tall you were. You didn't get to choose your eye color. You didn't get to choose a lot of things. There's a lot of stuff in life that you don't get to choose. But one thing that you do have a choice in the matter, you do have a choice in who is in your life, who's connected to your life, and who you align your life with. Is there anybody thankful for the ability to choose relationships? And if I get to choose relationships, then I'm going to go to the Bible for how I should do this. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this opportunity to get together praying that over these next few moments, you would share something with us that would radically change our lives, that would strengthen us, that would encourage us, that would challenge us and convict us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Everything in the kingdom is about relationships. See, God wanted a friend, so what did he do? He made us. He made a relationship. Adam was alone, so God made Eve. And then he told them, hey, be fruitful and multiply, increase your relationships. In Exodus chapter three and verse 11, God says he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of Moses and Joshua. Joshua one and five says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you and never forsake you. You think about the relationship between David and Jonathan, their incredible friendship. Think about the relationship between a king and his cupbearer, Artaxerxes and Nehemiah. You think about the relationship between Xerxes and Esther. Think about Elijah and Elisha, or Ruth and Naomi. John the Baptist and Jesus. Jesus and his 12. Jesus and the three. Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Timothy. Peter and John. Even when Jesus would send his disciples out, he didn't send them out by themselves. He would send them out in groups of two or more. 
so there, there would be power in their relationships. Because when you're with me, you see what I can't see. Maybe you're strong where I am weak. We are better, truly, aren't we, together than we are apart. That's why it is so important that you are a part of a church community, a church family. This is even what God wants to do to people who don't feel like they have a family, who feel isolated, who feel alone. Psalm 68 and six says, God sets the lonely or the solitary into families. Is there anybody thankful for a God who puts us in families? Even we don't have a natural family that we can lean on and trust in, God puts us in a family. It's called the church. It's called a community of believers. Listen, I'm so thankful for the online experience. I'm so thankful that we stream, and I'm, I'm grateful for all of the social media. But can I tell you, online church isn't truly church. Church was never meant to be a place where you just come, or you just listen, or you just hear some songs, or you just hear a message. Church was intended to be a place where you get together with other believers, and you do not, like Hebrews 10, 25, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing, but what? Encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, I don't know how far it is away from the Lord coming, but I do know this. Every day that passes, it's getting closer and closer and closer, and we need to be getting together more and more and more. I need you now more than I have ever needed you. You need me more than you have ever needed me. We need each other. There's power in our connection. There's power in our alignment, and the thing that makes our, our union so powerful is the reason we are gathered together today. We're not here today because we're all conservative. We're not here today because we're all liberals. We're not here today because we're all independents. We're not here today because we're all black. We're not here today because we're all white. We're not here today because we're all from America. We are here today because we are of the same family. We are of the family of God. We have been adopted into the family. Jesus Christ has died for our sins. He has brought us together. That's what makes us powerful. We're here because of Jesus. That's the baseline of our relationship with each other. That's the baseline of it. And it's so necessary, so important. Listen, if, 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 if all you do is watch church online, you're not really in a community. You might be in a, in, a, in a conversation board and you might be having back and forth with somebody, but that's not real community. See, if anything, we have never been more connected but disconnected at the same time. We have more false and fake relationships than we have ever had. We have more friends and less connection than we have ever had in our life. And God's intention for us is that we would be face-to-face, one-on-one, two with two, three with three, small groups, large groups, together as a church community, building one another up, declaring the name of Jesus together, praying for each other, carrying one another's burdens. This is what we are called to do. And I know you like other churches. I get it. And I know you like to listen to other pastors. And I know you're a big fan of other places, but can I tell you? When you're sick, Pastor, Pastor Stephen Furtick isn't coming to visit you. Come on, I know you love the Potter's house, but listen, Bishop T.D. Jakes isn't coming to your funeral. I just need you to know that you get in a church community because you need people to pastor you and love you and show up when your kids are sick and pray for your family and meet with you and help you and counsel you and bring food over to your house when you don't have anything. And I love it. I listen to all of them. But they're not your pastors, and they are not your community. You need a local church that you are committed to and is committed to you, and you are serving and loving a city together. 
You need relationships in your life like Ron Lee. You need a wild man who is gonna show up. Listen, this guy visits people that don't even go to Calvary Church. I've asked him before, I was like, who'd you go visit today? He said, well, it was the second cousin of the third friend of the aunt of so-and-so that was in our church 15 years ago. I'm like, Pastor Ron, you don't have to visit everybody, but this is how much this man loves this community. This is how he is connected to this community. There are other people in this church that when we have gone through the tragedy that we have gone through over the past year, when we lost a young man to, a, to, to, to an accidental shooting, when, when, when Eddie fell and in his... In his, in his yard and died of a heart attack when, when just a couple weeks ago a young woman was killed in her front lawn. We needed a community. We needed a family. We didn't need someone online. I didn't need you to text me. I needed you to be at my house. I, I needed you to come over. I needed you to be at the funeral. I needed somebody in my life that wasn't just a Facebook friend and an Instagram follow. I need a community. You need a community. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't let church just be this once a month thing for you. Do you know when they poll people and they say, they say average attenders, do you realize that average attendance is considered once a month in the day we live in? Average church attendance. I get it, if you're sick or you've got something going on at home, we've got families that have children that they can't take out of the house and they can't bring them into a setting like this or we've got people online that, that can't get here. I, I get all of that. Or, or, you, or you're, you're going through something and you can't make it, your car broke down and you just can't physically be here. I get all of that. But don't, if you are healthy and in your right mind, please do not stay home. Even if you are healthy and not in your right mind. This is the place you need to be. You need a family. Is there anybody thankful for the church? Not the organization, not the 501c3, but the church of the living God, living, breathing. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the church. We are more than just a building. I'm thankful for this building. I'm thankful for this gathering. I don't know what I would do without this, but we are more than this. And if Calvary Church only becomes about 178 Pickens Bridge Road, then we will cease to exist as an influence in our city. We must be a community that goes beyond the four walls of this church. Amen. Relationships. God is all about relationships. Matter of fact, it's why Jesus died, isn't it? to bring us back into relationship with the Father. God said, listen, I'm so tired of not being in fellowship with you. I'm not going to wait around for you to get your act together. I'm gonna come and do for you what you cannot do for yourself. I'm gonna make a way for us to be in fellowship together again. That's why I love him so much because he removed all the barriers so that we could be in relationship. It's powerful. Nothing matters more to God. When God wants to do something new in your life, he gives you a friend. He gives you a new relationship. He restores an old relationship. Have you ever had people who had not been a part of your life for years all of a sudden come back into your life for that season of your life? Man, I got a friend who's, uh, we've, we've been friends since we were kids and our relationship has been different over the past few years. I'm married, I've got a family and He's, he's been single, and he just recently had a little girl, and we've reconnected, 
and now we're talking about kids and life and and it's such a blessing to me because this relationship that has meant so much to me and so much strength to me and have you ever had somebody in your life that didn't matter how far you, you lived from each other or how long you didn't talk but as soon as they stepped back into your life or as soon as they called you and you heard their voice there was just something so familiar about it and so powerful about it that it brought strength to you that's the way I feel about my friend I've, I've got people that I grew up with that, that uh, I went to high school with that are in this church. And when I see them, we have some of those memories together and those moments together. And I, I, I applaud anyone who can go to church here who went to high school with me. <laughs> I, I applaud. Or anyone who goes to church here still when I was a teenager going to church here. Or any teacher who had me in a Sunday school class when I was a kid and still goes to church here. I applaud those people. Those are relationships that we need to fight for. Those are people that we need to honor in our life. And I think sometimes we take our friends for granted. We don't realize how powerful those partnerships are, how powerful it is when we've aligned with people. When I've said, I'm with you and you're with me. I've got your back and you've got my back. I, you can see for me when I can't see for myself. You can pray for me when I can't pray for myself. Does anybody need people in their life like that? And that's why God has designed this community because more than just somebody having something in common with you, more than just somebody having like a, their, your favorite football team, more than you just being a couple Steelers fans, you are followers of Jesus Christ and he is the foundation of your relationship and if Jesus is the foundation of your relationship then anything is possible anything can change anything is restorable anything anything and I thank God for that one person can change your life in 24 hours most people are like man I'm a, I'm a job away I'm a promotion away I'm a I'm a season away from everything changing no you're really not you're really not hours away you're a person away Anytime God wants to do something in your life, he uses people. Some of you are waiting for a check in the mail. You should be looking for a relationship to build. We got faith all weirded out. We're looking for stuff to come flying out of heaven, cars and houses. And God's like, no, if you'd build a relationship. There's a woman that came to this church years ago. I'll never forget it. I don't know where she is now. I don't know what she's doing. Name was Christy Malone, Pastor Willie Malone's daughter. She came here years ago. Monica and I were struggling financially. And she came to me after service and she said, God spoke to me today. And he said, I'm supposed to help you get your first home. I didn't get a new job. I didn't get a promotion. I just had a relationship with somebody that had access to money I didn't have access to. She said, God spoke to me and told me to help you get your house. My credit score was trash. My, my trailer that I was living in was trash. I was literally trailer trash. I was living in a trailer and it was trash. I was a relationship away. Your relationship away from everything. Proverbs 27 and 17. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Whenever God wants to change you, he's going to send somebody into your life. Whenever God wants to change you, he's going to use a person. And if you're married, he's going to use some, most of the time this one person. The one you're married to. The one that sharpens me, her name is Monica Renee. Schnorr, that was her weird last name that we saved her from when we made her a Hilton. 
Because I didn't know if you were snoring or you were snoring or what it was, babe, but you are no longer a snore. You are a Hilton Hotel in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Matter of fact, we stayed in a Hilton Hotel on our honeymoon. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I'm going to take you to the Hilton Hotel is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Anyhow, that's terrible. We need to move on from that. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Whenever God wants to bless you, he uses people. Whenever God wants to protect you, he uses people. Proverbs 18 24 says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Psalm 27 and 9 says, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of, friend, of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. All you need is one person to recognize what's unique about you, to bring you in and mentor you, to enter into a relationship covenant with you. That's all you need. You don't need much. You don't need a ton of money. You just need people. And I don't know how broken life has, has made you. For some of us, it's really, it's really messed us up. And we're missing out on so much because we are so, we are so unavailable to friendships and relationships. It's not that you don't have friends. It's just that you don't want any new friends. I'm so sick of hearing dance with the one who brought you. I'm so sick of those little sayings like, you know, if you ever stretch out in relationships that you must be abandoning the people who got you to where you are. No, I'm just, I'm just expanding my relationship. I'm just building new relationships. I forgot you. I remember where I came from, but I see this person and where they can help me go. You gotta begin to align yourself with people that are bigger than you, better than you, smarter than you. Listen, if you're the smartest person in your room, you need a new room. Because I asked around and you're not that smart. They told me, and it was like, well, it's not a smart room anyway. If it, you, you need, <laughs> you gotta align with people who are bigger than you, smarter than you, stronger than you where you want to be. A lot of my relationships are, are with people who are where I want to be. I got to this point in my life where I just got tired of being small, thinking small. And you know, you know what it was? It was every time I got around somebody that was bigger than me, I started to look for flaws so that I could feel better about where I was. And a lot of times I got around people who were either living in a way that I wanted to live but couldn't, and I would be like, oh, they're critical, they're judgmental. No, it wasn't that they were critical or judgmental, it was that I was intimidated by their success. And the only way for me to justify staying where I was was to put them at an arm's distance. But if I really saw them for what they should be in my life, I would have slid up next to them and said, how do you do what you do? Because we live in the same city we got the same problems. We're both human beings. How do you do what, how do you, how do you build that without stealing? How do you, how do you, how do you, how do, 
How do you have a marriage without cheating? How, how, do you, how do you have, oh my God, how do you have healthy kids without beating? How, how do you, <laughs> somebody needs to hear me today because like you're wondering how and the person's how is right next to you, but you're so intimidated. Oh, they're judgmental. They're critical. They're self-righteous. They're holier than, no, they're not. They're just better than you. You just need to admit it. You just need to admit it and say, you know what? I could learn from you. Like I'm falling short in my marriage. Help me with my marriage. I don't have all of the answers. Stop being so stubborn and such a know-it-all. Nobody wants to be friends with a know-it-all anyway. People want to be around people who are like, hey, did you teach me how you did that? It's like, it's like the prophet in the Bible who the Bible says, he says, he was a man just like us. But he could, he could, he could say, hey, stop raining. And it would stop raining for years. I want to know, how do you, how do you do that? I'm tired of being intimidated by people who God has sent into my life to help me. It takes a big person. It takes a real desire for change. But let me tell you something. Nothing changes until you do. So everyone needs to align with someone. And the, the reason this is important is because not only can the, the right voices increase your authority, increase your accountability, increase your wisdom, increase your connection. The wrong voices can mislead you. The wrong relationships can destroy you. So let me give you just a few wrong relationships before we close today. These are so obvious. Some relationships to avoid aligning yourself with. Now, these are not people that you can avoid entirely because we live in this world. Like, I don't want you walking down the hallway at work like, and you see this type of person, you're like, my pastor said avoid you. My pastor said avoid you. Get behind me, Satan. I don't want any of that stuff. This isn't a gospel of avoidance. We're not running from issues and problems and problematic people. But the one thing we can choose is whether or not we align ourselves with these types of people. Okay? Let me give you some, let me give you some, some people to, to avoid aligning yourself with. Angry people. Proverbs 22, 24 through 25 says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. It's a very powerful principle here. It's not just about anger. It's about everything. If you align yourself with a thief, with a liar, with a harsh person, with an angry person, with, some, with somebody with a hot temper, the Bible teaches you that they will impact you before you will impact them. See, see, we think that we can be so good that we'll make the bad people good. I'll be so good, I'll make bad people good. But Jesus didn't even die to make bad people good. He died to bring dead, dead people into life. And so this is a mindset that I can date them and fix them is ignorant. I can be so good, and if I'm just so good around them, they'll want to be good too. No, the problem is, is they are dead in their sins. They don't want to do good. The only reason you want to do good is because you are now alive in Christ. You can't be good enough to make people good like you. They need the gospel, and until they come from darkness into light, you don't need to date them. You don't need to marry them, and you don't need to align yourself with them in your business. 
your personal life, just don't do it. A lot of people are like, why is my life so messed up? Look who you connected to. Our business is messed up. Well, you took your initial investment from somebody who cheats on their taxes every year. And you knew it. That's why they got so much extra money. Because they're not giving the government what they're supposed to give them. So they were able to invest in your company. And you were like, I'll take money from anybody. But when you're just so desperate for anything, you'll jump into bed with anybody. You'll jump into business with anybody. As long as they smell good, as long as they got what you need. They passed the test. You ask them, you ain't got any diseases, do you? <laughs> I'm not sure. Last month I got checked. You're just like, okay, you smell good enough. What is wrong with us? We're aligning ourselves with people and then wondering the next morning, like, why is my life so messed up? Like, why? God's like, you keep connecting the wrong relationships. You get, in, you get into a relationship with an angry person, you're going to get angry. You're not going to solve their anger problem. Oh, if I'll marry them, they'll stop being a pervert. If I, if I marry him, he'll stop looking at porn. No, no, no. Sorry, he won't. You know what marriage is? Marriage is a magnifying glass. Marriage is, does not solve problems. Marriage exposes problems. really good. It's really good, Lord. You're the result of your relationships. I'm going to talk about these people, the all talk, no walk people. Second, second relationship to avoid is all talk, no walk. First Corinthians 5, 9 through 11 says, when I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin, but I wasn't talking about unbelievers. who indulge in sexual sin, who are greedy or cheat or worship idols, you'd have to leave this world to avoid people like that. Isn't it funny how in the church we're like, oh, it's the, it's the sinners, it's bad people. We gotta quarantine ourselves in. We gotta wall ourselves in. The, the world is bad. It's all the people out there going to clubs, watching R-rated movies. God's like, no, the real problem is not them. The real problem is in the church. It's with people who talk like they're saved, but they're not living like they're saved. He said, these are the types of people you need to avoid. I'm a Christian, but I don't live like I'm a Christian. God's like, these are the people I'm telling you to, to disassociate with, to have no real connection with. He says in that, in, that, in that chapter, he says, don't even have a meal with them. That's serious. Why would God do that? Why would God say, don't even have a meal with them? Because what God is saying is you can't change them. You can't fix this. I can fix this. And sometimes as long as they stay around you, they keep justifying themselves. But if the church would be like, you're not really living for God, And maybe they would change. That is wild, isn't it? Maybe God is a better savior than we are. Maybe. 
You don't have to be harsh about it. You don't have to be mean about it. But you do have to obey it. The scornful. Psalm 1 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. The NIV says mockers. And I absolutely love the Message Bible. This translation says, How well God must like you. You don't hang out at Sin Saloon. You don't slink along Dead End Road. And you don't go to Smart Mouth College. Anybody got some teenagers that are enrolled in Smart Mouth College? Help me, Jesus. I got, I got kids who have a doctorate in Smart Mouth from Smart Mouth College. I'm just messing. This is, these are people that, that they openly disrespect and dislike others. They look down on other people. They're constantly mocking. They're mocking your faith. They're mocking your confidence. They're, they're mocking you. Uh, psh, yeah, that church. I go to your church, but you know, I heard your church is crazy. Like, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd serve the Lord, but you know, there's hypocrites. Just constantly mocking, just always finding something to, to, to have a negative remark about it. These are scornful people, hurtful people. You were not made to be abused. I wanna say that again. You were not made to be abused. You have every right to walk away from physically and verbally abusive relationships. People are like, where's that in the Bible? Jesus talked about the fact that the only reason he saw that was a good reason for divorce, he talked about in the New Testament, was adultery. And can I tell you, when Jesus doesn't talk about something, it's because it's already clear. This was something that was unclear. People were just writing letters of divorce for any reason. She burnt the toast. Sorry, you're gone. On to the next one. So there was a lot of ambiguity there about divorce. Jesus was clarifying this is why adultery is, but it's clear throughout scripture that God is not okay with other people abusing other people. And God is like, well, you know, sometimes in life you just have to put up with abuse. That is not the God you serve. Matter of fact, the same God that you serve is the same God who said David was a man after his own heart. David fled from Saul because Saul was verbally and physically abusive. That's a relationship like marriage. If you understand anything about a king and his subjects, David owed his life to the king. He was in submission to the king. He owed everything to the king. He had to listen to the king, obey the king, but he didn't when his life was at risk. He got out from under his leadership. Why? Because Saul was physically and verbally abusive. You have every right as a follower of Jesus to leave physically and verbally abusive relationships. Can somebody say amen? Every right. God is not displeased with you. As a matter of fact, the Bible actually encourages it. Proverbs 27 and 12 says, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. God doesn't expect you just because you're a believer just to take it. Proverbs 12 and 18 says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring, brings healing. You need to get away from people who are constantly piercing you with their words. They use their words as a weapon. Psalm 11 and five says, the Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with a passion. Listen, if you're 
if you're putting your hands on, on your wife, first of all, I wish me and a few brothers in the church knew it and could come deal with you appropriately. Man, I miss, I miss the good old days sometimes where you could just drag an abusive husband out on the street and just whoop him right there in front of his wife and kids. That'd be so fun. It would be. She can't do that nowadays. Everybody's woke nowadays. Everybody's woke. Woke. But I promise you, it's the job of the church. It's the job of the church to fight for people who are in abusive situations. So if you are in an abusive situation, please talk to us. We know, we know people <laughs> who can do some legal things. But I also know some other people too, let's just be honest. <laughs> please don't stay there. Please talk to us. If you're, if you're afraid of leaving because of what will happen, please talk to, talk to us. We can help get you out safely. We know people who, who rescue people in your situation. Let us, let, us, let us talk to you. Please let Melissa Mingle be the last one in this congregation that ever suffers that. Please tell us. We stand on your feet. Colossians 3.19 says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. It's not just talking about physical harm, it's talking about verbal harm. Stop raising your voice. Do you know what? She is not a right that you have. She is a privilege you have. And I wish, I wish a lot more women would, would leave and teach a brother what it's like to be all by himself so that they would recognize you don't have the right to a woman. You are privileged to have a woman in your life. Same way, there have been relationships where women have been verbally and physically abusive and there is no, no excuse for that either. It's ungodly. God's anger is towards violence and violent people. Amen. Amen. Gossip, I need to stop. It's 1138. Parking lot's gonna be a madhouse. But it already is. Let's just deal with it. I mean, it's already a problem. Gossip, Proverbs 20, 19 says, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a babbler. Proverbs 16, 28 says, a perverse person stirs up conflict and gossip separates close friends. Proverbs 18 and eight says, the words of a whisper are like delicious morsels. The message translation says, the words of a whisper are like cheap candy, like the stuff you give out on Halloween. It's just like that. Gossip. It's one of the things the Old Testament says God hates, is gossip. But we're like, no, God hates the vile, evil. No, God, God, God hates gossip. When you talk bad about somebody else, when you share a secret, God hates that stuff. It's not who he is. He's a protector of people. I've got relationships in my life that I dare you to say something negative about me to them. I know people that come to me and say stuff like, hey man, this person was over at my house and they were talking about you. And I just wanted to tell you they were talking bad about you. I was like, well, did you say anything? Did you defend? No, I just wanted you to know what they were saying. 
He's like, you're not my friend. Because if somebody feels the liberty to talk about me to you, then you're not my friend. You know what a real friend does? A real friend says, the moment my name comes out of their mouth, they say, if you're going to say something bad about them, I don't want to hear it because I'll mess you up. That is my friend. You don't want me as an enemy. That's my friend. You got a problem with them, you go tell them. I can't fix it anyway. And I'm tired of people using me as a pastor as a weapon. They come to me because I'm a person in authority. They try to tell me stuff about people. What you hear about something? So I, like, I don't need to hear it. You deal with that. Matter of fact, that's what the Bible teaches. Don't involve me. You need to go to them and deal with that. And then if y'all can't deal with it together, then you come talk to me. But don't come talk to me about somebody else in the church because I don't want to hear it. This is my family. This is my community. These are my brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't care what they did on a Friday night. Y'all deal with it. Stop using my authority as a weapon to deal with your interrelational issues. If I go to the pastor, he'll do something about it. No, I won't. I'll tell you to stop. Go fix it. That's what our leaders will do, and they better do. Man, I feel like maybe it's because Tennessee's winning or something. It's just a new confidence. I don't know what it is. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for giving us insight into the power of alignment. Help us to make the right relationships, build the right Relationships. We build the right relationships. We build the right future. Thank you for giving us this choice in life. We don't get to choose a lot, but we get to choose this. Thank you for it. Help us to begin to make better choices. Might be some people in here today who are like, man, Rob, I've made a lot of bad choices. I got a lot of bad relationships. Well, aren't you thankful that he makes his mercy brand new every morning? You can begin right now to make better relationship decisions. You can remove some phone numbers from your phone. You can block some people on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You can do some things to set your life on the path of healthy relationships that will increase your joy, that will increase your accountability, that will increase your wisdom, that will increase you. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen.